the nicknames, the titles, the, uh, well, nicknames even of Christ in the season. As we anticipate Christmas and we celebrate the first coming, we really are anticipating the second coming when he will come again. You'll notice that in many of the Christmas carols and the one we did just sing before the, the choir ministry brought us all the way to that second coming, the return of Christ. Well, we've been looking at these titles of Christ from Revelation 19. We're going to move now into Revelation chapter 22. There, there we're going to find uh, a few more, three or four more, three, three or four more of these titles. We're going to look specifically at chapter 22, verse 16, but I want to read beginning in verse 12 because this highlights the reality of the coming. And that's what the word Advent means. It means coming. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 12, Jesus speaks these words. He says, Behold, I am coming soon. Yes, Advent, the coming. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then we'll skip ahead to verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. In verse 16, we have three titles. Two of them kind of blend together, the root and the descendant of David, and then the bright morning star. But the root and the descendant are subtly distinctive. So we're going to treat them a little bit differently. We're going to look at Christ as the root today. Or how do you say it in Michigan? You say root or root? Oh, I think I heard both. <laughs> Might depend on whether you're... Well, we won't go there. So... I, don't, I think I'd probably mess them up, go back and forth. So, the root of David, the descendant of David. We're going to look at the descendant of David on Saturday evening when we get to Christmas Eve. So, we'll look at the root this morning. Maybe to bring out this theme of, of a root, or sometimes synonymously it's translated branch, um, Hebrew is, is a bit fluid in that regard. depends on the context of some of the words. Um, but we, we, we come to this theme regularly in the Advent season. The root, the rod, the branch. In fact, we have evergreen and we have trees. And some in your tradition at home will have a Jesse tree, which is this whole idea right here. The branch, the, the root, the the rod of Jesse. Well, we have the other song that we'll sing in a, mo in a little while, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And the third stanza reads like this, O come thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Indeed, that's the longing of our hearts, that he would come. Now, the, the root of David is mentioned twice in the book of Revelation, here in chapter 22, verse 16, but then also back in chapter 5 and verse 5, a, an epic passage where uh, John 
is in heaven receiving this revelation of Jesus himself, and he's before the, the throne of God in heavenly worship, and there's this scroll uh, with seven seals upon it, and no one there is, is found worthy enough to open the scrolls. And, and he begins weeping, and one of the elders around the heavenly throne scene uh, come to John and says, weep no more, for here he is, the one who is worthy. And Revelation 5, verse 5 says, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. And he can open the scroll with its seven seals, the root of David. Uh, the revelation opens with that title and then closes with that title. Quite fascinating. Well, when we think about a root or a branch, uh, and maybe you picked this up in our reading from Isaiah 10 into 11, that's probably the most significant passage, the most extended passage we have on this branch theology. Um, why does the shoot need to come up from the root or from the stump? It's an easy answer because the tree was cut down and what all remains is the stump and it's cut really low as if to the roots. Maybe you've tried to cheat that way with stump removal. You just kind of get just a little bit below the dirt, dirt level, cover it with, with, with uh, dirt in the sod, thinking you removed the stump. And it's still there. The roots are still there. But let's start with this, this aspect, this haughtiness, we'll call it, this pride, this arrogance that the tree is needing to be cut down. The fact that there's a stump reveals that this has happened. Now, let's re re back up to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 33. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop off the boughs with terrifying power. The great height of the tree will be hewn down and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. That's ominous. We, we, we're the oaks. There's this problem of pride. And God is going to cut down the arrogant. In fact, all that's going to be left is a root, even a root of rottenness. And back up in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 24. Even as the tongue of fire devours the stubble, and as dry grass sinks down into the flame, so their root will be as rottenness, and their blossom go up like the dust. They've rejected the Lord of hosts. They've despised His word. Uh, this majestic one who's doing this radical pruning is actually doing an act of stump removal, right? He's burning the stump down. And all that's left is a rottenness kind of root. You know, okay, this is Isaiah, this is prophecy. It's weird. What in the world does it mean? Well, he's talking about people, and he's specifically talking about leadership. And even more specifically, we'll find in chapter 7 of Isaiah, a particular leader, King Ahaz. He is the rotten root. 
He is the cut-down stump. He is the arrogant leader. It's under a guise of spirituality. It's under a pretense of holiness, even reverence. Maybe you don't remember this story, maybe you do, but in this uh, setting, Isaiah is told to go to King Ahaz and give him, give him a promise from the Lord. And Isaiah goes and he's to ask Ahaz, ask of the Lord anything. And Ahaz already has a plan in mind. There's invading armies coming from outside uh, Jerusalem, and he's already got a plan. He's going to make an alliance with some other nations. He already has a plan. He doesn't need to go ask God for anything. He knows what to do. He has the answer. So the prophet comes to Ahaz and asks the Lord. And Ahaz says, oh, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't dare presume upon the Lord and ask. And then Isaiah just blows up. He is hot with the king. You have disregarded the word of God, even, even to claim a promise from God is an act of rebellion and disobedience. And Ahaz refuses to hear the word and does decide and determine to go his own way. And then these prophecies come. The kingdom will be cut down. The kingdom of David will be removed from its throne. And eventually, in time, from that stump will come a shoot, will come a branch, a sprout that will grow. I have a tree in the front yard. Uh, it's a Norway pine. Norway. Norwegians. Yeah. Norway. No, it's not a pine. It's a maple, a Norway maple. And, um, well, we won't go into the whole dramatic story, but Dave helped me save it. It was root-bound. You know, maples do that. Their roots are high up, and, and there was a galvanized... Well, I'm going into the detail. There was a galvanized ring around it, and the root hit and started going around, circling around, strangling the trunk of the tree. We cut the root out and then had kind of bolted the two halves of the tree together. Well, you call it the crotch. We bolted it together, long thread and bolts together. And it's still holding. It's starting to grow back together. It's been several years now. But in the center, there was just death. And that, that never has come back. Well, I, got, I went to Harbor Freight, got myself a pole saw, and just started cutting off the branches. So it looked, at that time, it kind of looked like stubble broccoli. And, and our neighbors across the street are watching this and thinking, what is he doing? <laughs> He's crazy. Um, from those cut-off ends, the next spring, shoots came forth. It still looks pretty ugly without leaves on it. But with the leaves on it, kind of looks like a tree. <laughs> yeah, I probably have brought the death of it in, in a few, in time. It probably will die. But life comes forth. And that's what's going on here. But in order for that kind of growth to come, there is this radical pruning 
The stump is a picture of our spiritual pride. Our self-reliance, our own sufficiencies, and our self-satisfactions. Just like Ahaz. And the Lord brings down the high and mighty, those who know better, those who display an outward spiritual tone, but in the disguise, and it's just hiding a self-dependence. Cut it down. Well, from that radical pruning, that extreme cutting, does come a fruit. Even as the little suckers from that my tree in the front came forth and brought forth leaves, so the, this pruning is to bring forth life. The arrogant, self-trusting, self-reliant, self-important ones will be humbled by the cutting down of their boisterous boughs. Another king learned the hard way, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar had, had a vision warning him to repent, but he wouldn't, and so he ended up having to live out uh, the discipline of the dream, the vision. But part of the, part of the vision was a tree massive in his national park was cut down and the stump was bound with metal that it could not grow. And that was a representation of Nebuchadnezzar himself. This mighty tree cut and bound, limited to grow. Well, through this experience, Nebuchadnezzar finally, from his insanity, from his madness, looks up to heaven with a repentant spirit. And he says, all his works are right and all his ways are just. Those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Humbleness. And you know, the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the title we reflected upon last week, that King of Kings will come the Messiah himself would take on the form of humility, a humble servant. Isaiah the prophet gives us several um, servant songs or servant oracles. One of them very uh, memorable to us in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 in verse 2, he grew up before him like a plant like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He came in a manger and wrapped in swaddling cloths. He is as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, came not to exert his glory and foist it upon the creation, but rather came as a servant, humble. The Apostle Paul, in similar uh, Christological thought and reflection, talks about this root of David in the same kind of way. Philippians chapter 2. It's a, a moral imperative for us. For you see, these attributes that we highlight in the season of Advent, hope, uh, joy, peace, love, it's the character and the nature of Jesus, the character and the nature of Christ, and these particular attributes that he shares with those created in the image of God. So too, humility is an attribute of God that he shares with those being formed in the image of his Son, Christ. So Philippians 2 begins with that imperative, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. You catch that? Being in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The nature of God is humility. But emptied himself, verse 7, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The one from whom all life comes. The one who is life himself took on flesh in order to die. For those whom if they die could never have life. A great reversal. This humility is the root of David. There is from this a hopefulness, a future, a life. Though the tree be cut down and the stump burned out, yet there remains the root, as rotten as it might be, but it is the root of the promise of God. And from that root will come deliverance, a ruler of righteousness. And here, here again, back in Isaiah, the, the, the prophet of the first coming and second coming. Isaiah begins with these prophecies anticipating the coming of Messiah the first time in this humility, and then Isaiah ends with his coming again in glory and ushering in the new creation. Well, in Isaiah 6, this stump becomes holy. Verse 13, Isaiah 6, Though a tenth of it remain, it will be burned again. 
like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled, it's all burned down. And yet, the holy seed is the stump. The holy seed is the stump. As long as the stump is there, as long as the root is there, there's hope. This is the promise of God. It can never be revoked, never be eradicated, never removed. And so back to Isaiah 11, our secondary passage for today. Isaiah 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. This passage goes on to other, other Advent and Christmas time uh, reflections that we, we think of during the season. But from that stump comes the branch. From that root comes fruit. There's hope. Now, this, this causes, as we look upon the title in Revelation 22, causes us a little bit of modest self-evaluation. I am the root and the descendant of David. There's a pun and a play on the word, but it's purposefully using both of these in this case. I am the root of David, and I am the descendant of David. Did not we read in the prophecy that the root was rotten, but now the holy seed is a stump? How can that happen? Because the real root, the real source isn't David. It's the Son. The Son is the root from which David's dynasty comes. Wow. I struggle with how to put this into words. But Jesus, yes, is the descendant of David. We'll look at that Christmas Eve. But now we see Jesus is the root of David. David isn't the root. He doesn't have the root in himself. And neither do we. There is no life in us before Christ that can save us, that can bring us into the presence of the righteous God. There is no root. The history of the old kingdom is riddled with faithlessness, failure, and falsehood. And if our trust is in the kings of old, then we are without hope in this world. If your hope is in the kings of today, then you are without hope in this world. The kings of men are weakened in their pride. They are maddened in their grasp for power. They think they can control the power, but the power controls them. If you trust in this root, who is before David, who is the source of David, who is the origin of David, then we have a living hope for all eternity. And this is the promise that was at the end of the Isaiah 11 reading. In him will the nations hope. And Paul the Apostle picks up on that promise from Isaiah 11 in Romans chapter 15.
He says all the promises are confirmed in the patriarchs. And especially verse 12, well, verse 10. He says, it is said, rejoice, O nations. Again, praise the Lord, all of you nations. Let the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the nations. In him will the nations hope. And now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is our hope. Hope for the nations. The seed that was promised to Abraham that would be a blessing unto the nations. The seed that was promised to David that would come and rule the nations is fulfilled in the one who was before them. The greater Abraham, the greater David. Is that not how Matthew begins his gospel, his genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1? This is the genealogy. Actually, it's the, the beginning. This is the beginning of the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Abraham, the Son of David. Actually, I think he flips it the other way around. Son of David, Son of Abraham. Before them is him. The greater king, the greater promise, the fulfillment of the promise. And in him he offers life and hope to the nations. This is why we celebrate Christmas. God has come to give us hope and life. Even in the midst of political chaos, economic crisis, physical, medical, and mental ill health. He comes with hope for a life everlasting. This is the root of David. When everything looks like it's cut off and barren, don't give up hope. Not that the hope is in yourself or in your wishful thinking. The hope is in the promises of God who says he will fulfill his purpose and his plan for the nations. It will not be found in our own devices like King Ahaz. It will be found as we bend the knee to the root of David, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright morning star. So, Father, may that indeed be the answer uh, to our prayers that we would yield, we would bow, we would submit to this Jesus, our King the one who is the fulfillment of all promise. Now, Lord, hear our prayer and come. And we ask it in Jesus' name.